about video games discussed amongst friends. I'm your host, Patches. Welcome back, everybody. And I'm here with two returning guests, actually. I'm here with my horror junkies, and I'm so excited to discuss what we're going to discuss on this podcast tonight. But I'm here with Matt Reeves. Hello. Hi. And also Blair Hoyle. How's it going, everybody? Hey. So, like I was joking about earlier before the podcast started, you guys are like my go-to with horror stuff because I know, Matt, if there's a video game that's a horror game that I have played that I want to talk about, I'm sure you've played it and Blair, you with movies. And it makes me feel like I'm not the weird one, you know? Isn't that nice? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will, I'll take it. You have to have fellow weirdos in your life. I am curious, though. Have you guys been playing anything recently? Um, any fun horror games or what's been going on? Uh, yeah, so I tried to play Red Dead Redemption 2 when it first came out. And I found the first, like the opening sequence, I guess, so just dull and meandering that I, I couldn't get into it. And then I tried again a couple months later and I couldn't do it. And I finally, the third time was the charm for Red Dead Redemption mm-hmm. 2. And I finally got into it and I'm almost finished with that game. Greatly enjoying it. It just took a couple of tries to uh, to get into it. Yeah, I um I traded in my I've talked about this a couple times, but I've traded in my Xbox recently, and I had Red Dead on that. But luckily on Black Friday, I was able to pick it up again. Um, I didn't get very far either, but not just out of boredom. It's just time consuming. Um, it is a lot of you know effort to put into these open world games sometimes, and I've you know I'm so guilty of starting so many things and not finishing them, and I'm very worried about starting a game that's going to do that. But at least wanted to have it, you know, just in case. Um, yeah. But from what I saw of it, I enjoyed it. It was fine. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I guess it didn't grab my attention enough for me to pick it back up. But um, I, I did. I think I mentioned this the other night, but I did see that Red Dead 2 online was going to offer um, the possibility of you becoming a moonshiner. And then I was like, OK, you have my attention. Let's yeah, let's do it. I'll be I'll be playing Red Dead 2 online. So Follow me on Twitter for more information on that. Um, but Matt, what about you? What have you? Do you even have time to play video games now that you're, I don't know, creating your own video game? <laughs> uh, nowhere near as much time as I would like. Um, yeah, in the last four or five years or so, I've I've been hardly playing any games, and that's something more recently I've been trying to get back into. Uh, you know, there was a Halloween sale where there were games that were like 50 to 75% off. So I snagged a few. I got Hunt, The Showdown. Uh, I got Outlast 2, convenient yes. for today. Uh, what what else did I get? Um, oh, and I got the remake of Resident Evil 2, which I had been dying to play. And it was oh, incredible. Yeah. So, yeah. so one, one of the best games ever made is the remake of Resident Evil 2. Which oh, absolutely. Be- before that, I held Resident Evil 2, the original PlayStation version, in incredibly high regard. Same. And the remaster, like, I, remake, remaster, like, it's both, I guess. And it just, it puts it to shame. Like, it is such a well-made <laughs> game. So y'all this played the original, game. though? So good. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, that, okay. the original, and I think I talked about this on the last podcast, the original was the like first survival horror game that I ever saw. Oh, and, cool! Uh, the first one I ever played was Resident Evil One, which was afterward. But I watched my uncle play the second one, and I, it just, it just hit me immediately. I was like, "This is one of the coolest things I've ever seen." I was immediately hooked. Uh, one thing, real quick though, that I was gonna say when we were talking about Red Dead, uh, I remember reading an article not too long ago. Apparently. <laughs> A bunch of people were <laughs> playing together online, and there's some mechanic where you can hold a bowl and walk around. And apparently, a ton of people got together and started at one side of the massive map. And their goal was to just walk across the entire map holding a bowl because you can't run while you're holding a bowl, apparently. Uh, and, <laughs> and then, you See? know, of course. If you bump into something, you drop the bowl. But I just thought that was amazing. This is what I'm talking about. Like, who has the time to figure... (laughs) Not not only do this, but figure that out. Like, who has... I mean, tell me your secrets. Not to spoil the game, but there's a moment where you essentially have to run probably halfway across the map without, like, a horse or anything. And I was playing that level yesterday, 
And probably 10 minutes into doing that, I was like, I don't have time for this shit. (laughs) The thought of slowly walking that, like, five times that distance is just insane to me. Yeah, well, I know that there's no way I could make time for that if if I were playing that game and my friends were going to hop on and do that. I would be like... All right, I'll grab a bowl. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure it would be fun. It's just like, yeah. what? show me how you like time manage because what the hell? How do you do this? <laughs> yeah. How do you even figure that out? That you Whatever. Anyway. Interestingly enough, I wanted to talk about this with somebody and I thought maybe you guys would understand. Have you guys played Alien Isolation? Because if not, you need yes. to. Come on. Okay. I have not. Oh, it's so to. good, Matt. It honestly honestly has it's it's so frustrating like it's such a stressful frustrating game because very similar to our topic today outlast you can't do a whole lot to fight against the alien um and in outlast of course we'll talk about it more but there's literally you know you run hide or die but alien isolation came out on switch and they were talking about how it apparently looks so much better and how it's it runs better, and I was like, damn it, do I need to... Because I have Outlast in three different locations, right? I've got it on the Switch, <laughs> on the PlayStation, and on the PC, and Alien Isolation's amazing, and I'm thinking, damn it, do I need to buy another copy of Alien Isolation? Because it is so good. It's it's <laughs> honestly got one of the best video game endings that... I mean, obviously, I won't spoil anything for you, but it's, it's such a fascinating game. Well, I'm a big fan of the franchise, and I guess when I, I say that I've seen, like, two of the movies... Uh, well, no, three if you count Prometheus. Yeah, um, I mean that counts, I guess. Yeah, I mean I take I take it you've seen the two good ones, Alien and Aliens. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, then yeah, that's yeah. And I and I loved them, of course. Yeah, you know. it's this is the Alien of video games. Like okay. it's not. It's very sort of slower pace than most mm-hmm. of the Alien movies. All the subsequent Alien movies. Um, I, I still think a sequel to Alien: Isolation that was more like Aliens, like a run and gun movie would be really fun and mm-hmm. i know it kind of it kind of gets away from what alien isolation is but aliens got away from what alien is and that movie kicks ass so yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah no it's so it's such a fun game and like you you get to craft a bunch of crazy things and you've got these threatening androids following you it's 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 so it's so good and i know you're on pc and i'm i'm sh- I think it's available on PC. Am I wrong about that? Oh, I definitely. think it's available on PC. Yeah, Guaranteed. I definitely need to pick it up. It's um, I don't know it's that, great. but I know that. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, well, I, I did want to talk to you guys, again, my horror junkies, because um, honestly, a lot of my friends don't play horror games besides you guys, and it's quite it's quite sad. For shame. Bummer. For shame. I know. Because, yeah. I mean, I only say that because y'all are far away, and I can't, like... Because I feel like horror games are such a fun thing to play, like, either alone or with a bunch of people. I don't know. It's 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 one of those things that you could really get your friends involved if they're willing, but not a lot of my friends are willing. So, <laughs> it's like you pulling teeth. friends. I know. Yeah. Well, no, I have great <laughs> friends. I have great friends. Um, but then, one of then my you favorite... Need to corrupt them. Yeah, well, I, I scare them enough. I'm, I'm trying to get my friend Lila right now to play The Last of Us, and some parts I have to I have to play for her. It's so cute. Well, She's precious. Well, think of it this way. That's that's what was done to you, right? Your your friends basically forced you to play Outlast, and now you're obsessed. Like, this is it, true. It, it was like an intervention almost. <laughs> 100% true. I shit okay, you not. Patches, I was it's time. I, it's exactly. I was a freshman in college, and I had met amazing friends, and two of them were big gamers. They had an Xbox, and they. This was right around the time when Slender Eight Pages was coming out, and because I went to, mm-hmm. I was a freshman in college in 2013, I think it was. Yeah, that because that's when I graduated high school, and um, that's when Outlast came out. And these these two buddies of mine, they were like, "Hey, uh, so you should play this game. You you really should." And they turned off the lights on me. They handed me the Xbox controller, and they were like, have fun. And I've talked about this before. But, um, yeah, they threw me into it, and I couldn't play it. Like, it was so frustrating for me because it was so scary. I literally couldn't play it. And so I made it a goal in, like, life to be able to beat that game. And now I've played it so many times, I can actually speedrun it, which I love to brag about. I love playing Outlast. Um, You know know what's funny about that? I have uh, have this buddy who he's kind of got like that tough guy look and he's he's literally got tattoos on his face just covered in tattoos and kind of carries that demeanor like yeah don't mess with me 
and we <laughs> made him play PT one time, and he mm. was his arms were as extended as they could go, like he was trying to hold the controller away from himself. Like, like he was, yeah, he was like walking around the halls with his arms completely outstretched, leaning back, <laughs> like trying to escape it, but still trying to play. It was the Honestly, thing. that game will fuck anyone up. That game is so scary. PT's this, it's the scariest experience. Like in terms yeah. of media, I've ever consumed. Oh. Have you played Nun Massacre? I, I think one. you were the one that told me about that. N- Nun Massacre by Puppet no, Combo. It's, it sounds awesome though. <laughs> that, that is <laughs> that is so absolutely boring. the scariest game that I've ever played, and it's got the the PS One aesthetic. Um, you can okay. even do like different types of video filters with like scan lines and stuff. But it is, I mean. I love games with like realistic graphics. My game, I'm trying to give it as realistic graphics as possible. I find it really immersive. But this looks like something you would have played on PS1, and it is seriously the most terrifying game. So definitely check yeah. that out. You were the one that so, told me about that. In, in fairness to PS1 graphics, I still think the original Silent Hill is terrifying. Yep. Playing mm-hmm. it is unsettling, even though the graphics are incredibly outdated. Yeah. By today's standard, it doesn't matter. Like the atmosphere is so thick, so I'm yeah. not I'm not turned off by PS1 era graphics. Then mm-hmm. you'll love it. I've got to check this out. Yeah, I remember. I was thinking about that the other day, and I was like, "Crap, who told me about that?" But that was you. I forgot about that. That was you, Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my Halloween costume too. Oh, I was God. the nun. Did I did I not show that to you? I don't think I saw that. <laughs> I think I would remember Pu- that. Puppet combo did a Halloween uh, costume contest, and I got second place. So I actually have a CD-ROM of the game and a t-shirt, but uh, yeah, I, I took a blank white mask and then painted it to look like a face and blood coming Ooh, out of the eyes and a DIY nun costume. Damn. All right. I'll, I'll show Go you pictures later. It's awesome. Yeah, please send those to me because I, yeah, I feel like I would remember that. Well, so quick question then because uh, we were talking, uh, Matt and I, the other day about uh, games of the decade and Outlast, of course, was brought up a couple times. Outlast, again, is just one of my favorite games. The Whistleblower DLC is fantastic and Outlast 2, I had a ball with that game and that's actually the, the first thing I played for my YouTube channel. Um, what is your history with Outlast? Uh, both of you guys, uh, Blair, you could start, um, but just have you played them? Like, what's what's your attachment to them? I have played all three. I Here's probably the hottest take I will drop this entire episode. Oh, I'm so ready uh, for it. I think Outlast 2 is the best game in the series. <gasps> nice. Follows, wow. I, I, think they get, I think they get progressively better. I think it goes Outlast 2, number one, number two, Whistleblower, number three, the original Outlast. Yeah, Whistleblower is terrifying. It's it's probably the scariest, but the, I agree. Like, the the cult aspect of part two is what really sucks me. I'm I'm a sucker for stories about cults. Like that yeah. is really what does it for me. And they lay it on thick in Outlast too, which yeah, I, I know is a lot well of people's done. problem with that game is how thick the like religious cult aspect is. But that's what works for me. No, it works. Yeah. Um. And the, I think Matt, you were mentioning a little earlier that you've um before we started recording but you've you've played the first one or you've played some of them yeah so i i originally played the first one i had a friend who was like dude you have to play this game you're gonna love it it's it's the scariest thing ever and um i'm pretty sure this was after i had played pt which uh blair when i played nun massacre pt was the scariest thing i had ever played so if whatever wow, whatever that okay. tells you uh, <laughs> oh man um, oh god yeah so uh yeah so he's like you have to play this you're gonna love it and i sat down and one thing about me i am so picky with video games and it's not that i'm like snobbish i mean i kind of am i guess but for me something that i feel is like missing in a lot of games today is is atmosphere um you know it's like mm. you know i uh, before the podcast, we were talking about like Super Nintendo and stuff. I grew up playing games like Donkey Kong Country, like those original Donkey Kong games. You know, people were working within the limitations of the software that they had at the time, so they didn't have all these big flashy things. They didn't have infinite possibilities. They had to make a really restricted thing, uh, you know, as effective as possible. And I felt like those some of those older games did such a good job of of creating a solid atmosphere. Um, so, because of that, there's a lot of games today that I feel like are just 
like really flashy or it's like, oh, look at all these cool things we can do, but there's something about it that's just kind of lost on me. Um, so I, I played Outlast and um, I wouldn't say that the atmosphere is bad at all. Like it had a great atmosphere, but mm-hmm. the I think one of the things that bothered me is because um, I, I played for probably an hour and then I was just at a point where it's like, eh, I'm not, I'm not, it, it didn't sell me. Now, I'll continue more on that later because I, I really like the second one. Um, but I remember there's a point where, like, I was trying to hide from this bad guy and, like, he was chasing me and then I left his, like, boundaries and I, like, mm-hmm. turned around and he just walked away. And I was like, wait a second. So I could totally exploit this because they clearly have boundaries that they patrol. And if you go outside of it, then they leave you alone. And I I wanted it to be like, to me, I want the scariest thing you can possibly give me when I play a horror game. And to me, that wasn't as, sure. as scary knowing that, well, I can just leave their boundaries. And if I memorize where all those are, then I can just elude everybody. Um, so I don't know. And maybe I just didn't play enough of it. Um, and like I said, I haven't been playing games as much, so that's part of it too. Um, and maybe I still need to go back. I, I know you've already recommended that I need to. I need to play that in Whistleblower. <laughs> um, but because of the sale, I did buy the second one. And my first experience with that, I remember seeing a trailer and being blown away by the graphics. Uh, and, oh, yeah. Um, eventually, I watched Markiplier play through the whole thing. Um because I don't, I don't. It's a great let's play. Yeah, it, it is, and I don't, I don't buy a lot of games new anymore, um, just because you know, obviously they're expensive, and I'm so picky that I don't want to drop like sixty bucks on something if, you know, I'm gonna turn around and not like it fifteen minutes later. Um, so because of the sale, I got it, and I'm excited to play through it now because I've already seen the whole game, but seeing it and experiencing it for yourself is completely different um but i'm i'm gonna have to agree with blair i really think that uh like two that the second one is way more like my type of game i wouldn't say that like the cult stuff really bothers me at all um there are a couple things about the game that i didn't think were totally necessary like like some really gruesome like sexual stuff that was like all right you know it's it seems more like for shock value than than anything yeah. that I'm like, okay, whatever. Uh, you know, seeing a, a room full of dead, burned children was like, <laughs> it's like, okay, but whatever. Uh, but as far as like the the atmosphere overall, they absolutely nailed it. Um, I was I was mm-hmm. just playing it earlier today, and it's just so immersive, and it really like the tension, the the music, the way that they created the ambiance, just amazing. So, and then. Don't even get me started on graphics because I'll fill the whole podcast <laughs> with me nerding out about textures and, and all that stuff. No, so. that's so cool, though. That's so cool yeah. because, like, I'm talking to, like, people who love horror games, of course, but you're coming from a perspective where you understand, I guess. I mean, I can't speak for Blair, I guess, but I'm only assuming. I don't know how video games are made, so it's fascinating that you can see the boundaries and see... The textures and appreciate that on a level that maybe some just average consumers can't. Right. Um, so it's cool to see your perspective on that because yeah, Outlast is so well done. It's it really is for an indie company up in Canada. It's so well done. I mean, it's um, I actually have the Outlast um, music on vinyl. I bought Ooh. the I think it was the Terror trilogy or something like that, and I'm almost scared to listen to it, <laughs> <laughs> but. I have it. Oh, they I glow would, in the dark. I, I would take it's a bath so cool. and listen to that. Oh sound, my God. Soundtracks, like video game soundtracks on vinyl, like sound so good. Like I have the re- uh, the Silent Hill, like the original. Oh Silent hell Hill soundtrack yeah! That's been remastered. I'm not jealous it at all. Sounds, it sounds <laughs> unbelievable. It sounds so good. Mondo put it out. I think it's still. I think it's still in print. So yeah, if, I got a lot of a, stuff from Mondo If you're a vinyl too. person, if you're a vinyl mm-hmm. person, the Silent Hill score is just unbelievable and then they have uh it's like resident evil but it's like a compilation of songs from like the first four games i believe oh wow cool yeah yeah, it's not quite but it doesn't quite play the same as like mondo's the best yeah they're unbelievable i'm so lucky like i live in austin where they're located so i don't have to pay for like crazy (laughs) do they have a store yeah they have a storefront it's like a gallery because like they're oh. they're a poster company primarily, right? And yeah, it's you can walk in there and not pay. What the hell? 
insane amounts of shipping fees. All right, well, I'll get you a list, Blair, and then yeah, it's, I I try not to go in there because every shipping. time I do, it's yeah. <laughs> every time I go in there, I'll drop like a hundred dollars easy, and I just need oh to easy avoid easy it. a poster and maybe a mini poster or like a poster and a vinyl hundred bucks easy yeah, yeah it's it's, look, it's so worth it though. Looking in my apartment right now, there are eight <laughs> posters on the walls, and seven of them are Mondo. So. Yeah, I'm doing I'm, the I'm same. Committed. Uh, I'm committed. My walls same. are very like bare. I have blank white walls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That's not creepy. All right. Hey, but you know what? Uh, maybe they're just blank canvases for me to project my uh, my imagination onto. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. I, mean, I know you definitely saved a few hundred dollars by having blank. Walls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just I'm just seeing wasted money. You know, here's yeah. here's the thing that's funny about that. You know, I've always like wanted to decorate any space that I've lived in. And there have been times where I've done this, but because I'm like an artist, I always think, well, why would I buy someone else's art when like I can make my own and just put it up on the walls, you mm. know? And that's always my plan. But because I'm always working on so many projects, I never, ever get it done with very few exceptions. You know, there have been a couple times where I've like made some cool cutout silhouette of something and put it up on the wall or some words or whatever but for the most part they just stay blank and i don't know i'm just not really a poster guy i guess oh my tomato, god tomato. i mean i'm gonna eventually do like a room tour because i have so much shit in here but i love buying other people's artwork and just posting it up on the wall just to see what they've done and what they've thought of because i definitely can't think of half of this stuff more than half um but yeah outlast has amazing music the vinyl i'm sure is great it's a glow in the dark it's a two LP. It's Ooh, huge. Wow. It's uh, it's really cool, and the music is really nice. But some of like the chasing music—that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> that's my main concern because I'm gonna be cleaning or something and sidetracked, and then suddenly this music is gonna make me really anxious, and it's gonna bring me back to Mount Massive. You're gonna think like a spider's um, chasing you or something. Oh God! Yeah. Oh, don't put that in my <laughs> head, Matt. Oh. Yikes! Hey, you went right for like the scariest thing. I should I should do just a spider soundtrack. There's no game. There's no movie that it's attached to. It's just a soundtrack for being chased by spiders. That'd be awesome. Honestly, you should make a game where you're chased by a spider though, because I know you would be able to do it in the creepiest don't, way possible. Don't get ahead of yourself there. There there may be something to that. Oh well, you know what? <laughs> nice knowing y'all. Yeah. This don't is great. S- don't Thanks. spoil. Yeah it. yeah. Don't don't spoil my plans. <sighs> anyway, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> I'm anxious now. I hate spiders. Like I, I, there's only like a few things that really freak me out in life, and spiders are one of them. But the reason I wanted to chat Outlast is because we got some Outlast news finally. I think Outlast Two came out in 2017. I think it's 2017. Um, and then the first Outlast came in came out in 2013. I don't know when the whistleblower came out, but um. So a couple weeks ago, Red Barrels, the team, though, uh, uh, posted a photo of two hands kind of reaching for each other in the classic Outlast green night vision cam, right? And I think the caption said something like, info coming soon, where freedom ends or something like that, which, again, everyone was like, you know, running around like the place was on fire, like, oh my god, what's happening? Is this Outlast 3? What's going on? And then finally, they released a picture and some information, um, and it's called the Outlast Trials, and I'm so excited. Whatever they create, same company like Naughty Dog, whatever y'all put out, I'm going to play. I don't even care. I don't care if it's not Outlast. Whatever you guys do, I will support you. Um, but it shows these three guys. One of them's reaching up in the air at another hand, which looks like the image that they released. Yeah, that's it. That is the image that they released. And then these two guys around them that look like they're having a really hard time trying to find their way in the light. They've got these crazy goggles on. If you haven't seen it, just follow Red Barrels on Twitter. Um, But it's described as, Welcome to the Outlast Trials. Set in the era of the Cold War, the Outlast Trials will allow players to face the horrors that await by themselves or with other test subjects. So immediately people are like, holy shit, this is a multiplayer. Like you're actually getting to play with your buddies in Outlast. Um, One of the things that people were upset about, but Red Barrels did approach, was the goggles that these guys are wearing. People thought, oh God, is this a VR game? Like, please don't (laughs) do this. Like actually a lot of the comments I saw, people were upset about it, but this is not in VR. This is a normal first person, I'm assuming, first person Outlast game. Um, Those goggles are actually, yeah, Cold War era like night vision 
goggles. <laughs> like they're the actual. I actually looked that up, and they're they're pretty legit. They're they're wild and clunky, but they work. Um, I have a question though. When they say Cold War era, <laughs> what, didn't that take place over like I mean multiple decades? Like what? Yeah, that what? was that was from like the fifties to the eighties, correct? Something like that. So I'm wondering, like, where in the timeline are we? Um, I hope in the more eighties side of things, or the fifth. Like, so I'm fascinated by the 1950s and I'm fascinated by the 1980s, but the 60s and 70s do nothing for me. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know that's like a hot take right now with you know Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and all of that. But Same for I me. I just don't care. Yeah, I don't care about the 60s or 70s. I think the the visual aspect of both of them is so boring, just like wood grain, terrible. Oh, clothes. really? Yeah, I don't. I can't get into the, it. The I aesthetic, the music. I would rather listen to music from the '50s or the '80s than the '60s or '70s. One hundred percent. Like I love like a lot of like Ooh, '1950s Americana stuff, especially oh, yeah. like. I mean, I come at it from like a horror like yeah aspect of like one half of the population is having like the greatest time ever, and then there's also like the the beginnings of the civil rights movement happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. I, like I would be interested in that kind of thing more than you know 1970s yeah. America. Well, I'm I'm more interested in like the late 40s. If you know if if something I mean what, based on what they're wearing though they're just in t-shirts and I can't remember exactly when the Cold War started but I believe it was right after World War II ended. Well, that that makes me wonder something and I know that there's not necessarily a connection but I wonder if they would tap into like some weird MK Ultra stuff, like weird human experimentation things. Because what I think it was you that was talking about it the other day. Um, wasn't there some something about like I don't know some science lab or something? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um that's like the big thing about Atlas too. Is it actually it has all these crazy scientific things to it, but it's actually based on stuff that kind of happened. Um, I actually did some research. Earlier today, I was watching some videos um, because one thing to point out, too, in this image that they released of these three men searching around in what looks to be the dark, behind the guy in the middle is the M logo, which is the Murkoff Corporation logo. So it looks like it's obviously still going to be in the Outlast world, regardless of just having an Outlast title. There was a video on YouTube that I found uh, where he was talking about the history of Murkoff Corporation, and it's uh, by the YouTube channel uh, Project Archivist. Um, I was listening to him and typing this as he was going, so some of it is not verbatim, but kind of this is what he was saying in quote is, um, Murkoff Corp was first developed sometime during the 1940s during the events of World War II in response to the growing threat of world domination by Nazi Germany and other hostile world leaders in the future. In the 1950s, the two scientists, I believe their last names were Turning and Wernicke, uh, built a front for the company being a public information security provider. However, behind the veil, work quickly began on super soldiers and super weapon testing that would be able to defend the world from any hostile force. Technological limits at the time, uh, not a lot got done. Um, But, however, following the 60-year period with Murkoff Corporation, some advances would be made in nanotechnology research, genetic research, and most importantly, the morphogenic engine program. After the war ended, many Nazi and American scientists were hired to assist in the project's creation. Eventually, was contracted by the U.S. government under the branch of the CIA to assist in Project MKUltra CIA Mind Control Program. And then, in the video, in the video he goes on to say yeah this is actually something that that happened this is this is based on somewhat factual events i'm assuming this is kind of like a like a wolfenstein thing yeah. where it's like what if this happened so, you know, so like, i was on to something <laughs> you were on to something Wait, you're doing really it's, good it's completely true that like the nazis were ex- doing experiments to like crazy create monsters essentially and it's have you guys seen the movie overlord that came out last no. year Oh, no, I don't think I have. It's so, it's Wolfenstein, the movie. It's so Ooh. good. It's so fun. It's like, like Kurt Russell's son is oh. one of the main characters. Nice. And he's like channeling his dad the entire movie. It's awesome. But <laughs> the movie's essentially about Nazis doing experiments on American soldiers to turn them into like unstoppable killing machines. And Sweet. there's like a line from it where uh, one of the Nazi officers says uh, a thousand year war requires thousand year soldiers and that oh. was apparently taken from like text that nazi scientists were sending to each other <laughs> to try scary. to like essentially find the fountain <laughs> right. of youth to create soldiers that could you know last forever 
which is so haunting. It's such a haunting that, concept. That just makes me want yeah. to watch Idiocracy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we don't have to go down that road. <laughs> I, like Stuff from, like, World War II creeps me out because, like, one of the, like, conspiracy theories essentially is, like, what if they actually did find that, you know, or, like, gain the ability to create thousand-year soldiers and it was just mm. destroyed? Okay, now here you go. You know? Here you go. Now, this would be good for, like, a, a modern-day game, but what if it turned out that they actually had successfully, like, cryogenically frozen some of those soldiers and then they awoke today that could be something i just i did do a quick google search and technically the cold war lasted from 1947 to 1991 yeah see that's such a broad time period for just to say the cold war era like (laughs) okay but but then with the goggles are, are those limited to a certain decade though well i was doing research on that um look up like 40s night vision goggles but it's weird because their outfits are very plain just t-shirts but it's it could just be because one hint too is saying the outlast trials will allow players to face the horrors that await by themselves or with other test subjects so i think they're just in like some sort of outfit as a test subject Mm. either way i'm you know what i hope it is i i hope it's set in the modern day and they're just wearing outdated night vision (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> well, or maybe here's oh, what wait, I was wondering. Or maybe they've been trapped in a lab since that time, so they're still wearing the same yeah. equipment. I w- I would be cool with that. I just historically I'm more into the way I describe it is I'm into stories that are set during my lifetime, or at least like roughly close to my lifetime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just it may it sucks me in more, generally. Yeah. That's, I mean, this is to say that's always true. Like, Goodfellas is one of my favorite movies, and that movie's set in, like, the 60s through the 80s, basically. I'm always attracted to stuff that happened, like... I mean, especially with horror games and stuff like that. I like to to think of sometimes the really realistic stuff, just because it's scary, but also stuff like this, where it's obviously something I would have never and will never experience. Um, but it's well, interesting... You, s- you say that, but I know <laughs> you've explored quite a few abandoned areas in your life. Oh, of course. I love doing that Have shit. you ever been into an abandoned hospital? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, in theory... In theory, I have. Yeah. The, uh, my hometown had a what they called the eyesore of, of North Carolina or whatever the town that I'm from. Um, Davis Hospital. I it was crazy you got to i mean they got in a lot of trouble too because they had a bunch of patient records just kind of like laying around so you could see like old documents and old machinery and old x-ray rooms oh i love that stuff um but i just mean like i guess from a video game perspective or you know just i guess that attracts yeah i mean that guess that stuff kind of attracts me because it's stuff like also frozen in time but it's also getting to experience it in a video game but i'm wondering the more i analyze this photo it's saying test subjects so are the people that were playing are we the ones that they were trying to make the uh i think so the, the the mega monsters or whatever that were gonna you know that would be my take on the world that would be my guess i would think that you're in the middle of an experiment and whoever's playing with you is also another test subject and you're trying to escape and and, and meanwhile, you have to face all the creatures and things that they've concocted. That would be my guess, anyway. Uh, Blair, did you get any pictures of the goggles? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Um, it definitely so the hairstyles definitely look like current hairstyles. Yeah, one guy right? has like long hair. One guy has like the classic, you know, fade comb over. That one guy looks like he has a mullet. I kind of like it. Yeah, he's got that you know, curly ish. It looks like. They all look buff, too. Or at least the guy in the middle looks like he's got some... They're all big dudes. I love picking this apart. (laughs) But, the I mean, the goggles are definitely not current. No. They're very strange looking. Oh, that's so weird. I love it, though. It's such a cool image. I would say those... I mean, just looking at the outfits, and maybe it's the, the, the coloring, but it doesn't... That doesn't strike me as current day. But, well, who can say? Honestly, it's pure speculation. But You know what I would love to look into is the guy in the middle. His shirt says R23-7. I'm curious. 
because Outlast does such a good job at combining their worlds uh, per video game, like they're able to all make it in the same universe, I'm wondering if there's anything we can look at as far as old files in the first or second game about maybe test subjects that had R dash a couple numbers on it. I wonder. And I remember the first picture that they released too of the hands uh, grabbing for each other, which is at the very top of this image. You could see one of the hand had a, uh, uh, it looked like a dog tag, but they're wearing it around their wrists. Um, and it had a number on it as well. I should look into that a little bit more. Um, so they could be people kidnapped from a war. They could be prisoners. Oh, I wonder. Yeah. Outlast Either that or, or if it's not necessarily a dog tag, but like a label. Yeah, the, the dog tag, it looks too thin to be a dog tag. Yeah. It doesn't look wide enough. Yeah, it's like a weird bracelet. Huh. Well, it doesn't look like anyone's done any investigating on that t-shirt or what it means. So that's fascinating. That's super cool. They're, they're so good at this. <laughs> but what I'm thinking of, too, with multiplayer horror games and stuff like that, my mind immediately goes to, like, Friday the 13th, which is a blast, by the way. If y'all haven't played the That's, Friday the 13th oh, come game. come on. It's one of the, so one of the good. most enjoyable multiplayer experiences I've really? ever had. Really? It's so it, much it is, fun. It is digital hide-and-seek. Yes. <laughs> it really is. But it's you're out so to kill fun. each other. <laughs> it's so fun. Um, but, I mean, I think of that, but Outlast, you don't get to fight or craft or do anything like that. So I'm curious, are you guys just like rats in a maze at this point just running from shit or like what are they gonna do okay so here's another hot take this might be a hotter take than outlast 2 is better than yeah outlast. we'll get back to that by the way i haven't um, forgotten that you said yeah that. <laughs> well we can dive into <laughs> it i wouldn't mind so I, I don't want it to become a run and gun game but it is a little outrageous to me that you can't pick up like an axe somewhere or you know there should be some sort of self-defense <sighs> I mean, well, you've never been able to, though. But, but here's the thing that I'm wondering now that I'm looking at the picture, because I would guess that what they're seeing might not be reality. So it's very possible, oh, too, that, that they... The morphogenic engine? Yeah, that there's... that Because of their limitations of sight, um, that might prevent them from being able to fight, or maybe they just don't have stuff laying around for them to fight with. But I don't know. But yeah, that brings up more questions of like, what are they seeing? Are they seeing reality or are they seeing, I don't know, something that's not really there oh or God. something that is there that you need these goggles to be able to see? You know what this. the the co-op, it's a four-player co-op game. And you know what that makes me think of? Did either one of you play Hidden Agenda, the supermassive no, game? No, mm. I didn't. Mm -mm. So it's, it's Is that on a, your phone? So your phone, you have to download an app. And the way the game works, it's basically like a choose-your-own-adventure movie. Like, there's not any real gameplay. Um, mm. But it's such a fun experience. But the way you're supposed to play... I didn't know this when I started playing it. I think it's, you can buy the game, like, hard copy for, like, $6, by the way. And it's well worth it. But the way you're supposed to play the game is you're supposed to have... It's like a party game. And everyone downloads the app. And then one person has a hidden agenda, given the title of the game. And they are trying to... Like, you're making choices throughout the game that, you know, dictate mm -hmm. everything. And one person is picking, intentionally picking the wrong things to try to, like, throw everyone off the trail, like, the correct path. And hmm. maybe that's kind of what they're going for here. Because it's a four-player game, but there are three people. <laughs> So would it be Ooh. similar though to Friday the Thirteenth, where someone's playing potentially the bad guy and then the I rest think of your that friends? would be fun. I think that would be fun. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's not it's not weird though to not be able to fight back, but it's just it's so unlike the Outlast games that it's hard for me to believe that they would add that now. I mean, it's like even if they made a game unlike it, it's just like that's that is what Outlast is. You well, know, and, and yeah. you could argue that the fourth person is the hand reaching down. And maybe that's someone who's got kind of a foot up on their way out. Mm -hmm. um, but that is a really cool idea. Like maybe, you know, one of them has been successfully mind controlled or corrupted or something. And, oh, you know, it'd be really cool. And just for any game like this, where you have like four people playing and one person's bad and no one knows who it is. Why well, is, is that basically the concept of Hidden Agenda? Or do you, do you, essentially, okay. yeah, it's sort of like uh, it's like, it's like a lot of like party games, essentially, where like one person isn't working with everybody else. Like it's sort of. Did you ever play uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill, the board game? Mm -hmm. 
It's really so fun, so cool. but it's <laughs> whatever it is. It point, sounds great. At, at first, like the way the game plays out, at first everyone's working towards the same thing, but at a certain point, you kind of draw a card, and one person is then working against the other players. Mm. And I think mm-hmm. like that would be, I think that would be fun in video game form. Because I'm trying to think outside the box here, because I doubt that a like Outlast as we know it would work as a co-op game. Yeah, it's such it's such a like singular experience. It really that, is. That adding three other people, like you're all just walking around the same building exploring it. Like, yeah. I don't know. So this is a l- slightly off topic, but I'm just curious. So have you guys ever played the the game Mafia? Not the video game, but like where you have cards and you hand them out and you sit in a circle and you have like townspeople. So that's, no, yes. I didn't play anything fun. Uh, well, first of all, it's super fun. Okay, Blair, have you played the cutthroat version where you get up and walk around? I know Spoons. No. Y'all know oh, how to play spoons? oh, this is way better than spoons. Check this out. You guys have oh. to try this. So what you do oh, is you get a group of people and you <laughs> go somewhere that you have like a lot of space to walk around and uh, you take a deck of cards <laughs> and you hand them out to everybody. And depending, you need a ratio of like, you know, if you have 15 people playing, you want four of them to be mafia. And if you get a face card, you're Mafia. And what that essentially means is when you say go, you turn out the lights and everyone wanders around. And if you're Mafia, you can, quote unquote, kill someone by uh, dragging your finger across their throat. And then they have to silently lay down. And then when someone like realizes there's someone on the floor, they yell out, dead body. And then you turn the lights on and then everyone's like, oh, no, you know, Matt got killed. And then you reconvene from like the starting location. And then everyone has to like guess who killed that person. And they say, well, I saw that. I saw that person run off. And then you have to vote to basically lynch someone. So it's like, well, we all that person, their their story doesn't check out. So Hmm. we all vote that they're out. And then that person dies. And then you tell them if they were mafia or not. And then if they weren't, then everyone's like, oh, no, the killer's still at large. And then you turn the lights out again and go. And basically until either the ratio gets small enough that the mafia wins or uh, you root out all the mafia. But it's so fun and so scary because when you turn out the lights and then everyone's just kind of creeping around in the darkness and someone like walks up by you and you don't know if they're like going to kill you or not. It's super fun. Yeah. I definitely didn't have any friends that wanted to do that growing well, up. Well, now you know, and now See, you can go play it. Now I know. It, it's so it's so weird now that, like, I, I feel like we all would have been playing board games together in college. Oh, none yeah. of us thought that the other people would enjoy playing board games. Because like, pretty much I everyone would've. I know from college now is, like, really into board games. Yeah. And we just, at the uh. time, like, I was like, no one will want to do no one like, like, I, I really regret never trying to do D&D, even though I don't feel oh, like that would same. be my kind of thing. I feel like I wouldn't be that into it, but it I, I do feel like Not I should have right? at least given it, like, the old college try. At some <laughs> <point>. <laughs> no, I uh, I also have that FOMO with D&D. But it's interesting that you say that. It's, it's, it's making me think, though, like... Because ultimately, I'm thinking, just based on the title alone, The Outlast Trials, I'm assuming this is, like, the first, I'm going to use the wrong word, but, I mean, not wrong, but weird, batch. (laughs) This is the first batch of people that they wanted to test with their technological, uh, I mean, they didn't have the advances that they have nowadays, which is probably what we're so used to with Outlast. We're so used to seeing um, the wall rider and, like, trying to find a host and, you know, all this all this craziness with the engines and, and I, we, I don't think we've gone to that part yet. I would love for this to be a, like a super prequel where we see the beginning of Murkoff Corporation and we see these guys, you know, being tested on, but you're not just guys, it's you and your friends and you're having to, I don't know, just, it's, it's weird to think like what could come of it? Like, would you be, because you have to think, again, with, like, the whole idea of what Outlast is. And it is, like you were saying, Blair, just such a single... I mean, it's it's your personal experience of just you running around, but, like, throwing other people in the mix. It's like, man, what is that going to be like? Are they going to be, like... Is it going to be shorter? Are there going to be different maps? Is it going to be facilities? Where is this going to take place? You know, it's it makes me start to worry a little bit, I guess, just because I love the Outlast game so much. It's It's like... Uh, I don't know how I feel about this. Obviously, of course, multiplayer isn't my thing anyway, so I have a weird 
taste about it as it is, but I'm of course intrigued because it's Red Barrels and I want to play again whatever they put out, but it's like, it makes me a little nervous. I'm like, are we straying away from the idea that is Outlast, I guess? Yeah. It's, and I com- I completely understand, like, the concern Nerf. about multiplayer. <laughs> is it exclusively yeah. multiplayer? Well, no, that's actually the thing. It says you can, the Outlast Trials will allow players to face the horrors that await by themselves or with other oh. test subjects. Okay, then, then that's, that's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I mean, there are multiple games that sound interesting to me that I have yet to play because I, convincing, like, my friends to purchase a game <laughs> just to do co-op is like, mm-hmm. like, like everyone I know who is like an online gamer, they play like Call of Duty or Madden. Or like in the yeah, they've got their whatever. games already. Yeah, so like being like, hey, let's play this like immersive storytelling experience. They're like, mm, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna drop the sixty dollars for me? Yeah, right. Because right. like like convincing my friends to buy Friday the Thirteenth when it was like fifteen dollars was a you know, like pulling teeth. I was like, oh you have God. to play this game, and then finally a handful of them like, it's so good. Yeah. So I it's so fun. I have a question because. Uh-huh. Since I have a limited experience with the Outlast games in that I never finished the first game, never played Whistleblower, are these, like, anthology games, or are they, like, directly linked in some way? They're directly linked. So, yeah, they are directly linked. What's fascinating is one of the best DLCs, in my opinion, not just because I love these games, I just love how they intertwine. Uh, The first game takes place in this period of time. The first game, you are a journalist, um... Miles Upshur, who gets an anonymous email, you get an anonymous tip to go to this asylum saying, hey, these people are being mistreated, people are dying, it's a madhouse in here, you have to come just unravel this whole thing and and expose it. You know, it wasn't like a cry for help, but it was like, you have to, you're a journalist, you have to come show what's happening here because this is not legal, this is not okay. And the first game, you know, you go through the whole game and you're you're essentially, like the first objective in Outlast is literally to get out because you found a way in and you're stuck. And it's another like, I don't even know how long Outlast is, six hours maybe, where you're just literally trying to escape. But the DLC, Whistleblower, it's fascinating. You play as the guy who sent that email. Mm. And it's insane. And it's essentially the same idea. You're also trying to escape because you're there right when shit hits the fan, essentially. Like, I mean, things are kind of going smooth sailing and then you're the whistleblower and suddenly everything is just chaos and you also in the story they kind of overlap like you realize that the guy the journalist miles upshur that you told to come he actually came like right away and you actually see some stuff from another it's weird it's hard to explain but you're in like one building and you, you get to you get this long hallway and you get to look out the window and see this church on fire which is something that happens in the first game there's there's the somebody lights himself on fire in a, in a church and it's so cool how they intertwine Outlast 2 is a little bit more complicated, but it is in the same world. I think it is a little more present than the uh, first game took place. I mean, they're all relatively new, especially with now that we know this, with the technological advances and stuff like that, we know that this definitely happened recently. Um, But Outlast 2, do you remember in the game that the big flashes Mm -hmm. that were happening? They were essentially signals, and that's why you were losing your I mean they had it was like an anthill right like they had this colony of people just losing their minds in this little town and that's why again here here we are Blair we're coming to it we're coming to your hot take I am more scared I guess by being stuck indoors than I am in the middle of nowhere for some reason I don't know what that is it's just for some reason the first outlast scared me more because I was confined by walls the second game you were just out in this vast open middle of nowhere yeah. i don't remember where it is maybe i think it's colorado or no colorado is the first arizona. game I think it's the other arizona. Game is arizona arizona yeah. yeah so um for some reason that just scared me more not saying the second game was just as scary i thought the cult stuff was awesome above and all i mean whistleblower is the scariest in my opinion but oh uh, i don't know like i mean that's that's it in a nutshell but it's, they they're connected wh- yes whistleblower has the best ending i think of the oh three. my god Oh, absolutely. It's so satisfying. Absolutely. And I, I'm not trying to spoil too much because I know, Matt, you definitely need to play it. But um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a quick... You can you can knock it out in the couple Oh, yeah. Hours. Whistleblower is shorter. Um, but uh, 
it's so it's so neat how they're all intertwined um so i mean yeah obviously it being called out last i'm in you know talking about it's it's gonna be a prequel i assume i mean especially cold war i mean we don't really know the exact time period that the first outlast and the second outlast happened but they're using these little handy cams so it's assuming it's at least in the 2010s if not present day and see i would be cool with it being sort of like a pre like whistleblower is technically a prequel at first yeah yeah, that comes first. But then it kind of, like, speeds up. Like, the story mm-hmm. passes. And, see, I would be okay with that. I just, I don't want to play a game that's set in the 60s. Like, I don't, prequels in general do nothing for me. Oh, I love it. I think like, it's so cool. See, there are, there are times, like, I'm trying to think of a prequel that I'm like, that was, like, really, like. I mean, so honestly, seen, the one that does it for me is have Outlast. You seen, have you seen the, uh, the tw- 2011 The Thing? Yes, I personally I I've seen the thought original. that was an incredible prequel. I don't know. I I I'm a defender of that movie as yeah. well. So I'm I'm right there with you. Like there are time like Final Destination Five is a prequel to Final Destination, and that movie works for me because I didn't know it was a prequel. Got because it. it's yeah. not it's not promoted as a prequel. It's like the twist of the movie is that it's taking place before yeah. the original Final Destination. So like when it's something like that, I can get into it. But normally prequels for me, I'm just like. If I already know what eventually happens, how is this going to like surprise yeah. me? It's just mm-hmm. it's an uphill battle. And it's not saying that like there are plenty of storytellers over the years who have like told great stories that are prequels and that really worked for me, but it is an uphill battle that it makes it more difficult for me to get excited. Well, honestly, prequels are cool to me because of Outlast. Like that whole idea of creating a whole game, <laughs> a whole horrifying and incredibly graphic game just based on the guy who sent you an email that probably by the end of the first outlast, you forgot why you like, why you were there in the first place. You know, it's like they were able to create that. I do love that. And I I love sequels that take a supporting character from the previous story. And make them like, have you seen Sinister 2 or the movie Sinister? Oh, I love Sinister. Sinister. I haven't seen the second one. The sequel is not great, but the, the sheriff's deputy, James Ranson from part one, deputy so-and-so, yeah. Is the main character. He's like the driving force in part two. Oh, that's and so cool. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. when you take a character that you think is like sort of like set dressing and then make them super important, which is what Whistleblower does. Like, yeah. I mean, it's not even really a character in part one. It's just like this faceless <laughs> tip, essentially. And then you are controlling that person in the DLC. But. So, what would be your ideal outcome for the out? We don't know anything else. It sounds like that they had a, just thrown out a concept, and now they're starting to work on it. It doesn't sound like this has been in production for a very long time. Um, I mean, it is very different than what they're used to. I guess this isn't just some single person experience. So, what would be your ideal outcome for what the Outlast trials are? See, that's tough. I I, I don't want it to be too Cold Warry. That's, uh-huh. you know, it's just not really my thing. I'm not fascinated by that period of time. I didn't, I didn't live through it, sure. I guess, is an important detail. Sure. No, like, Cold War stuff just doesn't really interest me. Uh, stuff from before the 80s in general doesn't interest me. There are obvious exceptions to the rule. Like, I love Westerns, but uh, yeah. Amer- America in that, like, but post-World War II time frame doesn't do a whole lot for me. Uh, I like 1950s aesthetic. I do. So like your that. ideal time like period would be the 50s. The 50s or like present day. Or the oh, 80s. Okay. <laughs> or the 80s. Yeah, the 80s would be fun. But I mean, the 80, we we have gotten to a point with the 80s where it is kind of like yeah, a, a little bit over. Like we we I get think. it. <laughs> we get it already. Yeah, it's like the 80s kicked ass. Like we it's like we've seen all three seasons of Stranger Things. Like we get we we know all <laughs> the references. Like it's, you're gonna do the Ghostbusters reference and Indiana Jones and like it's just a little bit too it's oversaturated i guess right. and that's not to say like like i thought stranger things season three was amazing yeah. like i loved yeah, it, was it great so it's like it's not saying people can't do that well and it's not saying that i'm immediately gonna be like it's set in the 80s like i'm done with it or even the 60s or the 70s yeah but it is like it's not my taste the thing that's hard for me about that is i uh when i am given just very little information about something because like my i'm so imaginative i will construct an entire game in my mind 
and then sure. and then be disappointed when it comes out because I saw something different. So I try not to imagine what it's going to be. I try and leave some wonder and mystery to it. Um, mm-hmm. For example, like the original Silent Hill, my favorite game of all time. Uh, my buddy like told me about that game in fifth grade. And the way he talked about it, just this game that I pictured, it was like the cool... I mean, it, it still ended up being my favorite game of all time. But what I imagined, like when he told me about it, because, you know, naturally, it's, it's the same concept as, like, it's what you don't see that's the scariest. Because you can come up with something that's more personally scary to you than what any director or developer can come up with. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I had built this, like, vision of what the game looked like in my mind. And then when I played it, I was like, I still loved it, obviously. But there's that thing in the back of my mind where I was like, I still... I'll never get to see that game. And so that's kind of like, you know, the the opening scene in the game. Um, I think my buddy had said, you know, you go down an alley. And for some reason, I think I heard Valley because I pictured, um, you know, Harry Mason walking down into a valley and entering Silent Hill that way. And I have this very vivid image of what that looked like. And so some someday yeah. I want to put that into a video game just for like closure, you know. But so for, <laughs> yeah. for Outlast, um, the kind of the thing that I try not to do and really with any movie, any kind of art, I try and kind of like leave my script aside and and have mm. no expectations so I can just experience whatever it is and and I'll be able to enjoy it the most that way. So I do kind of have like some images that have already popped up, but I just kind of want to just like wait and just see what they come up with. Yeah. Cause I'm sure it'll be amazing, you know? And, oh, absolutely. Uh, so I, I will yeah. say this though. Um, if you look at outlast one and outlast two, like the, as far as like the environment and the setting, like it's so different. And I love that about it mm-hmm. because the fact that I, didn't care for the first one, but I love the second one. Um, my hope is that with this, it's it accomplishes that same thing and that the the setting doesn't feel like a, a recycling of something that they've already done. That it's something fresh and a yeah. new experience, but with the same lore and the same concepts. So, Absolutely. And I think they expressed that too. They were saying, by the way, this is not an Outlast 3. Like, that's cool. what they were... They said, this is not VR, this okay. is not an Outlast 3. Cool. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited again. I'll play whatever they put out there, but it is kind of weird to think, you know, of running around in an asylum with your friends because at that point, it, to me, almost becomes comical. <laughs> like, it becomes less... I mean, I don't know. Like, again, I immediately think of Friday the 13th and how much fun that game is and how, you know, you're hunting down your friends and it's, you know, it's it's comical to me. It's, it's enjoyable. And I don't see Outlast as something that's you know comical and enjoyable i see it as something that you should fear you know exactly i think that's the biggest that's my biggest not necessarily concern but if i again if i was the one making this i would (laughs) want it to be something more atmospheric than like friday the 13th is a hangout game like that's a game like that's like that was the game that like i played with my friends back in north carolina because i lived a thousand miles away from them Mm -hmm. like that was like our we're gonna play this game and catch up not we're going to be scared by this game because it's not really a scary game. Yeah. yeah. I think when you when you add co-op and you're talking to each other, you're probably going to be like cracking jokes. <laughs> yeah. In the way. And it's, it's absolutely like, like imagining playing Outlast while there are people around like, you know, busting <laughs> balls is not what I yeah, want. Like, and I think so, that, that, that some creepy monster walks in. Hey, bud, how's it going? You know, yeah, just it's stuff just, like that. It just kind of ruins the vibe, and like I mean, I I like playing video games by myself, and I don't know that's like mm-hmm. yeah, sort too. of like a but I like walking simulator type games, like that's really what I'm into at this stage of my life, and playing those with someone else, I, I feel like they would be distracting to me. It's sort of like watching a movie while there's someone talking to you the entire yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's why I didn't play Friday the Thirteenth. I remember seeing like the trailer for it and I thought the concept was cool but uh, I was kind of like I, it doesn't really look like I would enjoy this that much and so it's interesting you say that because now now I get it it's it's the the like aspect of of like playing with your friends and, and having fun uh, whereas I was expecting scary and from the from what I've yeah, seen it didn't look scary at all 
it it's not scary like it's very like I mean, i'm a huge friday the 13th fan so i mm-hmm. like there are a lot of easter eggs throughout it like they did a really good job of staying about as true to the like canon as you possibly can in that yeah. solid video game but it's it is a total hangout game it's like it's mario party essentially gotcha just the horror version of that i'm so excited to play this though I'm ready for more Outlast. Well, you know, the other thing I'll say, though, too, is it'd be... And then, then again, maybe this would be funny, too, but if they're really effective in making the game scary, depending on what friends you're playing with, it could actually, like... I was going to say it might be better that way, but then again, if you have a friend who's, like, really excitable and they get really freaked out, mm-hmm. then that would probably make me laugh. But and I also feel like well, that then, dynamic also changes how I play a game because if I'm playing with friends, uh-huh. naturally when I hang out with people, I tend to like crack jokes. So I would probably be the guy playing the game, and you know, you see a monster. Excuse me, sir, can you give me a hand? You know, and I'm doing these yeah, stupid yeah, right, voices, right, right. and then just ruin the the ambiance of it. So yeah, see, yeah. I totally get that. I like it's it's awkward to like sit in silence with someone right beside of you. Like, I, I do <laughs> yeah. understand that side of things. And, like, I, the only time I've ever made an effort not to is, like, I, I'm a huge Until Dawn fan. And when that oh, game yeah. came out, like, I played it, like, four times by myself. And then I, I guess probably 2017, I was dating a girl, and she had mentioned, like, loving Resident Evil. And I was like, you've got to, like, play this game then. And I, like, basically sat there in silence while she played Until Dawn. And watching her play it was like watching a yeah. movie, essentially. Oh, yeah. And we would, like, obviously we weren't in complete silence, but I did make sure to, like, not let have her, a conversation. Yeah, well, let, her, let her experience What could be cool, though, is if they, and I know that this wouldn't always work, but implementing a system kind of like Alien Isolation where you have to be quiet, and if you make noise, you'll get killed. Mm-hmm. So that, that would, that that would be, be very yeah. convenient. That would be awesome. I mean, let's, we, I think based on this podcast, so uh, us three, we have to play it together when it comes of out. Of course. Oh, yeah. That's what it sounds I mean. like. <laughs> No, I'm just, I'm curious. I really want to do some more research on the t-shirts that they're wearing. I'm so excited for this. I'm so excited. You're going to have to spend a couple days studying MK Ultra and browsing through Wikipedia and see if you can find some similar, like, characters in those those numbers. Or I noticed that Ooh. close-up of the, not dog tag, but the little tag, uh, it does have a, a number on it. If they did, if they were effective in doing their research on all that, I'm sure there are going to be things that you could potentially figure out, even from just a little code. See, I love this. So what it might be is, in Outlay, I just thought about this, they, there's like a lot of Nazi-esque stuff going on in Outlast 1, mm-hmm. the original Outlast. I think they talk about, uh, gosh, what's it called? It's the, uh, it's the United States military's mission to bring over uh, Operation Paperclip. They're like mm. in the like I guess mythos of Outlast. There's a lot of that kind of stuff in there. So I guess this makes sense. What if it's about what's the uh, the doctor's name in Wernicke. Outlast? <laughs> yes. It could be about what happened before Outlast. Like it could be like about his What if, what if of, he's one of the test patients? Oh god. Uh, you know what? This is making me think. I gotta go back and listen to his final speech at the end of the game. Spoiler. But what he says to Miles Upshur at the end, where he's like, you have to destroy this. Like, this has gone on for too long. Talking about the wall rider. He's, he gives a speech, and it's pretty lengthy. And, of course, I listened to it the first time I played it, but now speedrunning it, you just kind of, like, wait until the door opens. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the name. There's a... Yeah, Wernicke was one of the... That's... Yeah, one of the... The scientists. The scientists. Yeah. See, yeah, this that definitely has to be. Oh, and it even says it. too, Blair, to, in the 1950s, the two scientists turning in Wernicke built a front for the company. So, this has got to take place yep. then at that time. That would be so oh. rad. Oh my god, we're figuring something out. I, like, I mean, I, this isn't really a conspiracy theory stuff. Like, they've kind of come out and said this. Like, a lot of like Nazi scientists ended up working for NASA like immediately after fleeing Germany. So, if they tie it into that. I take back everything I said. <laughs> I'm coming back around to this being set in, you know, the 1950s. Or Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm so down for a period piece. I would like it to come around to like, okay, we open in the 60s and now we're back in 2019 or whatever. Well, but you know, you know what, though? Here's the thing with that. 
the with the location and the setting, it's going to be so foreign to anything you've ever known that it's probably uh-huh. not going to matter what decade it takes place in. You know what I mean? Like sure. it, it may as well. Oh no, yeah. It may as well be present day or the '60s because you're in some creepy lab with foreign equipment that you never see anyway. So yeah, I'm I'm sure either way it'll you know it'll be captivating enough that it hopefully shouldn't matter. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> I was so excited too when I remember Outlast Two being announced. Oh my god! I think the trailer that you were talking about, Matt, was it the Upside Down Cross? Uh, I think it was. Well, I've probably. I probably saw both, but I I remember seeing gameplay of like the first, the first like few minutes of it. Um, so I don't. I, it's been so long. I don't remember specifically. The trailer shows a religious cross, but it shows just like a, a plus looking sign, and it's on fire. But the fire's going down. It's not rising like fire typically does. And then it slowly zooms out and spins, and it shows this upside down cross on fire. Yeah. And then the night vision kicks in, and you see all these eyes staring I at you. I think I probably forest. did see that. Oh my <laughs> god, so good! It's so good. I I love these games. They're so awesome. I'm so excited for what Red Barrels has in store for us. I, f- I found this out not too long ago, actually, and I was really blown away. Uh, Outlast Two was made on Unreal Engine Three, so it's actually an outdated version of the engine. Wow, because they're on four right now, right? Yep, and I think that they probably you know modified it to their likings and i just thought that was really cool they did an amazing job because it it looks like something you would see with unreal engine 4 so that's all that's super cool i I mean you're gonna find out all these things you'll know more about the unreal engine i love the unreal engine i get so excited (laughs) when i see that you pop up i'm like yes yeah i can't wait to play this game yeah Yeah. i know i'm i'm very in i'm now even more curious about what it's going to be after yeah you know kind of constructing these theories yeah same i just can't wait to see people pick this image apart i'm going to be following the reddit page more and more so um matt i think you have some updates on nemesis tell us where people can find you and how we can get these updates yes uh i'm hard at work on an official demo what's available currently is the alpha demo which is on itch.io find that at mattreeves.itch.io slash nemesis N-E-M-E-S-E-S. Um, you can also follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Nemesis Horror. And finally, I have a Patreon. It's just patreon.com slash Matt Reeves. And I have a, a podcast that I do. Um, so if you want to su- support me and get regular updates on everything, come check that out. Cool. And where can people find you, Blair? I'm at Blair underscore Hoyle on everything. Rent Happy Innings are Rarity or buy the Blu-ray if you would like or torn it i don't really care <laughs> <laughs> and what is happy endings are rarity tell us about uh, it's, it it's a movie i wrote and directed and <laughs> it's, it's, Love. It's, it's something <laughs> it no something. I, I i am proud of it but good times i remember those days <laughs> the good, good old days <laughs> the good old days Thank you guys so much for hanging out and talking outlast with me i Thank feel you, like i have course. no one to talk about outlast Thanks with for having so us. this was great this is great. Always, I'm um, always happy to come back. Anytime you invite me. Same. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. If you guys want to support this podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash patchesplaysgames. You guys can follow me on Twitter at patchesplays, Instagram at patchesplaysgames. And if you're into Let's Plays, and if you're into uh, me playing video games, I guess, youtube.com slash patchesplaysgames. Please keep an eye out, though, on the new year. Um, check out my Twitter and everything if you heard our, uh, my last episode with JoJo about the whole uh, Copa thing. Um, yeah, we're uh, still figuring that out, so keep an eye on Twitter. But again, if you want to support this podcast, patreon.com slash patchesplacegames. And while I have your attention, go ahead and leave a rating and a review. I really appreciate it. Whatever you're listening on, share it with your friends. Let's get people involved. Thank you guys again for hanging out, and I will catch you guys in the next one. Bye! Bye.